Lord, protect me today. Let me be an example. Let me be a leader. Bless me with your righteousness. Let them see you in me. God, I need you right now. Help me out of this mess. Help me take a stand against the devil. Help me stand my ground. Please lead me away from this temptation. Deliver me from this evil. I could have died. Thank you for watching out for me. My life is in your hands. Jesus, you are Lord of my life. Jesus, your word says, I can have whatever I pray in your name. Your word says, the power that raised you from the dead lives in me. Heal me, God. Save me from the grip of death. I have faith that your mighty hand can move this mountain. Your servant is ready for battle. With Christ, we have the victory. everyone. I want to welcome you to Liquid. Great to see you guys. I'm Pastor Tim. Uh, let's give a big welcome to all our campuses joining us today around the state of New Jersey. Glad you guys are with us. Awesome. I am excited to kick off our uh, new fall series SWAT, uh, Spiritual Warfare and Tactics. Now, quick show of hands. How many of you have heard that term spiritual warfare before? Raise your hand if you've heard that. Okay. All right. A lot of hands here. I, I don't know what that conjures in your mind. Uh, some people think of like, you know, spooky stuff, uh, you know, demons, darkness, uh, spinning heads and exorcisms. Uh, let me give you a, a disclaimer to put your mind at ease. This series isn't going to be weird uh, or spooky. The kind of warfare I'm talking about isn't creepy. Um, so we're not going to like, you know, have you cast a demon out of your neighbor. Uh, we handle snakes in week five, but that's later in the series. So just kidding. Uh, I, I rather, this is a series that is grounded and anchored in a powerful scripture found in Ephesians chapter six. This is one of the most important passages, I think, in the entire Bible about the armor of God. Uh, you may be like wondering why the suit of armor here on stage? Is this like medieval times or something? Uh, this is actually a hand-forged suit of armor. It's a replica of the battle armor wore by a Roman soldier in the first century. And this is what the Apostle Paul had in his mind's eye when he wrote his letter to the Ephesians. He, he was under house arrest in Rome, and he was writing to the church of Ephesus. And in chapter 6, he wrote these words. He said, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the, let's say all the bolded words out loud, church, right? Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil, where? In the heavenly realms. Therefore, Paul writes, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you've done everything, to stand. Guys, this letter is Paul's battle cry to Christians, specifically to the church in Ephesus, which is in modern-day Turkey, by the way, and he basically was saying, church, I want to wake you up to a reality that you may not be aware of, and the reality is this. As a Christian, all day, every day, 
There is an invisible war raging around you. You may not see it in the, in the physical world, but it's quite real in the spiritual realm. All day, every day, a cunning devilish enemy prowls about seeking to wreak havoc on everything that matters to you, on your mind, war on your emotions, your family, your kids, your marriage, your faith, your future. I don't want to make you paranoid, but listen to this. Every day as you go to work or you hang with friends from school or you're driving in your car, whether you see it or not, Paul says there's this invisible battle being waged in heavenly places between your Savior, Jesus Christ, and the power of heaven versus the spiritual forces of evil, that is, the devil and principalities of darkness, who wage war against your soul. Jesus declared that the devil is a thief who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. What? Our faith, our families, all that's precious to us. And you may be like, I, you know, I don't know, Paul, maybe he's being dramatic. <laughs> you know, these are first century people, so maybe they're superstitious. But he was waking up believers to this reality, that the Christian life is not a playground, the Christian life is a battleground. See, by virtue of your identity as a Christian, that means you have been saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. You are in the crosshairs of an ancient enemy who seeks to distort, lie, tempt, and destroy your life at all costs. And if that sounds extreme, I just, just look at the world around you. I mean, you watch the news? What do you make of that? Terrorism, wars, sexual abuse. Where does this all come from? Scandals, racism, who do you think is behind all that? Oh, just a few bad apples. Uh, look in your own personal world. Right now, I bet you know people whose marriages are under attack, whose families are coming apart, whose children are being led down a path of temptation away from their faith. See, according to Ephesians 6, the Christian life is not a playground, it actually is a battleground. But I'm not here to discourage you. I'm here to encourage you, give you courage, because I have good news. I believe the enemy's reign of terror stops today, right here, right now, with you. See, the enemy, listen to me, always fails when he meets a man or a woman who's armed and dangerous. Paul says, you better suit up, church. How do you defend yourself? How do you fight back? Verse 11 gives us a clue. Look what it says. Put on the what? Full armor of God, not the partial armor, the full armor, so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. How many of you have heard that term, armor of God, before? Maybe you've read the Bible, you've heard that talked about. Paul wrote, this is so interesting, where does this come from? Paul wrote Ephesians while under house arrest. Here's what that means. He was actually in a room, and he's probably at a desk writing these words, and standing near the door in the same room, watch this, was a Roman soldier, a guard from the first century. And Paul is probably writing and looking up at the guard as he writes this, this letter to the Ephesians. And he's looking at all the weapons that the guard, the Roman soldier, is wearing. And in verse 14 through 17, Paul specifically outlines each piece of armor. What is in your arsenal as a Christian? Let's read Paul's list together. He says, stand firm them. With the what? The belt of truth around your waist. With the breastplate of righteousness in place. With your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. And then he says, in addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation 
and the sword of the Spirit, which is what? The Word of God. That's what I'm preaching from, the Word of God. There's power in that, amen? Guys, these are six pieces of armor that God gives as a birthright to every single Christian in her battle against the enemy. But by the way, do, do you like the, the breastplate? Do you, is this, isn't this cool? They used my abs as a model for this, okay? You're welcome, all right? That's, what's funny to me is that if you look at the weapons, you just think, oh, okay, I got an armor. No, 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 look, there's difference. Some of the weapons are defensive, right? Like, like the shield of faith. It says against the flaming arrows of the evil one. The actual translation is missiles that are on fire being fired at you. Some of them are defensive weapons, but some of them are offensive weapons, like the, the word of God, which is the sword of the spirit. And we fight back because when temptation comes, and it will, you need a weapon to fight back. Not just your words, but the weapons of God. And so for the next six weeks, what we're going to do is teach you, step by step, how to put on each piece of armor in the daily battles that you face. For instance, when you go to work, what does it mean to put on the breastplate of righteousness if your work is physically demanding or maybe even you're just in a toxic work environment how do you maintain a, a breastplate of righteousness that guards your heart if you're a teen and you find yourself going to a party on friday night where everybody else is vaping everybody else is drinking everybody else is hooking up what does it mean to wield the shield of faith when you're in your car <laughs> tomorrow morning and you're driving you put on the helmet of salvation, which, by the way, if you're on the turnpike, you better have that helmet on, man. It's like, <laughs> or what's it look like at the doctor's office when you get a diagnosis you didn't see coming, and you're in this battle for your health, but instead of crumbling under the pressure, you stand your ground in prayer, and you fight back with the sword of the Spirit. Guys, over the next six weeks, I'm going to teach you how you put on each piece by piece in the battles you face every day at work, at home, at school, at your office, in your family. So if you feel under attack, when you come under temptation, when the enemy attacks you with those gnats, remember that? Those godless, negative, amplified thoughts. With fear, or insecurity, high-pressure situations. This series is called Spiritual Warfare and Tactics. Tactics means training, strategies, techniques. How do you wield each weapon, and claim victory in Christ. We all want victory, amen? Some of us need a victory in our marriages <laughs> this fall. Some of you need a victory with your kids. They're already just started school, you feel under attack. Some of you need a victory over a daily temptation that just has your number. You, you love coming to church, but you almost feel guilty because there's this habitual sin that's just like kicking your butt, and you feel defeated by it. And maybe you need a financial victory this, this fall, or, or you need just a breakthrough in your business or your work, peace in your home or relationships. Paul says, put on the full armor of God so that you can stand strong and fight back in Jesus' name. Now, if you're new to Liquid, I let you, let you know, this you've come like at the perfect time to plug into the heartbeat of our church. Twice a year, all of our campuses, every campus across the state, we come together to do a six-week small group study together. Uh, this past February, we did a 40-day fast. You guys remember that? For 40 days, we, we, we focused on prayer. We did Bible study. We fasted. It was very powerful. Most of us gained all the weight back, but <laughs> praise God, it was an amazing time. This fall, 
we're doing a six-week series on spiritual warfare. What that means is for the next six weeks, every Sunday, I'm going to preach in depth, verse by verse, through Ephesians 6, sorry, and go through these pieces of spiritual armor. And how does this apply in your daily life? Because this is like a bodybuilding series. This is like, how do you build up the body? But then this is the key part. Watch this. During the week, our big church goes, meets in small groups, in living rooms, in homes, in coffee shops, in apartments, to dive deeper into scripture, to pray with each other and for each other and serve our community together. So understand what this is. You're, you just walked into a six-week small group church-wide experience, and today is group Sunday, which means I have a simple goal. I'm going to introduce you to the scripture of this series, and then I'm going to encourage you to get in a small group. Because if you're not, this is a church-wide group's experience, and starting next Sunday, every campus is going into battle together. And let me just tell you something. Guys, that's where the power is. That's where the protection is. It's in your, your small group or your platoon of 10 or 12 fellow believers when you go into battle together. The reality is this. If you are all alone, you're like an isolated Christian, you are easy pickings for the enemy. But, but when you lock arms with other warriors and wage war together, victory is guaranteed. Amen? Guys, the next six weeks could change your life. If you get a small group, today what I'm doing, I am cutting the sermon short. So there's a miracle already, okay? We're, we're already seeing it. We're ending the service early so that you can go out at your campus, into the lobby, find a small group that fits you. All of our leaders are going to be out of the auditorium after this at every campus, and you can find a group for your age or stage of life. And we have groups all over New Jersey. We got groups for singles, for couples, young families, groups with moms with kids, men who work, groups for millennials, seniors, every age and stage. In fact, right now at your campus, we have small group leaders sitting in this room at every campus. And I want to ask, if you host or you lead a small group, would you please just kind of wave your hands right now just so we can see you? Give these guys a hand who are waving. They're on the front line. These are our leaders. These are the guys who are, praise God for your leadership. Thank you, small group leaders. So today, you're going to get a chance to go out and meet the group leaders at your campus at the end of the service. And here's the cool part. We have SWAT groups guides for you to use in your small group with discussion questions, deeper study, videos, only this time we're doing it a little bit different. There are no printed groups guides for this series. Rather, we put the entire groups guide, check this out, on the Liquid Church mobile app for free, okay? Now listen to this, if you've got a phone, take out your phone, it's not a sin in church, you're gonna get all the content of this series for free. We're piloting this idea, by the way. We're like, we just wanna save some trees, you know? be a little bit better stewards of God's creation. So there are no printed guides this fall, but if you download the Liquid Church mobile app, you get that from the App Store or Google Play, it's got everything, right? You can watch messages, you can download the serious notes. I always have fill in the blank notes with the messages. You can fill those in, email it to yourself. This is how you can submit prayer requests. And here's the key, we added our group's guides. They're 100% free, easy to access, room for you to take notes, answer questions. And if you're lazy like me, guys, listen to this, you can answer the questions using voice recognition. You don't, yeah, right? You're like, I'm in a group. I've been waiting for this, okay. Right, because you want to study a little bit before you come to the group. You can actually use voice recognition and download the notes to, uh, to yourself. So you have 100% access. Get, the, get the, uh, the app and you'll be in. So cool with you? Cool with you? Good. Now let's jump in. Today, I'm not going to go over every piece of armor in detail, okay? That starts next Sunday. I'm going to begin with a message I'm pumped about. It's about the belt of truth. But today, I just want to give you three big ideas about spiritual warfare in a short message that I'm calling, This Means War. Would you turn to the person next to you and say, This means war. 
This means war, yeah. <laughs> I, I see some of you laughing. Because, <laughs> you know, you're like, bro, I, I, I don't know the first thing about warfare. I'm like an accountant, you know? Or I'm an artist. I'm a school teacher, not a soldier. I'm an office worker, not a warrior. It reminds me of a famous scene from one of my favorite movies, Lord of the Rings. Any Lord of the Rings fans here? Okay, oh, yeah, nerds in the house. All right. One of my favorite scenes is when Gandalf and Aragorn, they're trying to convince King Theoden to stand up and fight back. You remember that? Against the satanic Saruman. And they say to King Theoden, they say, ride out and meet him. Come on, let's fight. Let's go into battle. And King Theoden resists. He says, no, no, no. I will not risk open war. And Aragorn says famously, open war is upon you, whether you like it or not. See, the truth is, guys, it doesn't matter if you, like, believe this stuff. According to the Bible right now, the deepest reality, if you pull back the physical world, is that there's an invisible battle taking place where you and I get the privilege of swaying the balance towards victory in the name of Jesus Christ. Paul writes, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power and put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's, what's that word, church? Schemes. You might write down the word strategies. Did you know this? By virtue of being a Christian, that is, you've been redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. It means one thing. You are now in the enemy's crosshairs. Just like God has a plan for your life, so does the enemy. He has a scheme. He has a strategy of attack designed just for you. <laughs> and he plays dirty. I'm not trying to freak you out, but listen. Just like you have angels watching you, did you know that the enemy watches and studies you? L looking for soft spots? Pr probing for weakness? And his attacks are strategic and they are very personal. In the Bible, Satan is called the accuser. In other words, he tries to cripple Christians with condemnation and guilt. He tries to remind you of your past mistakes and pin you down with shame. Who are you to lead a small group after what you did two years ago? Who are you to be in church today after what you did last night? That's accusation. He's called the father of lies. In other words, he seeks to distort and deceive and twist the truth of God in our hearts so that we'll follow the culture's truth instead of God's unchanging word. He's called the tempter. That is, he will, he will probe you and he will pinpoint your passions, God-given passions, but try to get you to fulfill them in perverted ways. He actually sets customized traps for you to create distance between you and God. If you're here today and you're feeling far from God, or you feel insecure about his love and grace, you just can't, or you just can't get past some secret sin in your life, or maybe you just feel weighed down by fear of condemning thoughts, none of that is random. That's not random, that's not you. They are part of Satan's schemes to keep you kind of limping along in life and cut off or severed from the tremendous power that's available through Christ. As I said, big idea number one, the Christian life is not a playground, guys. It's a battleground. Now, when I say battle, let me be clear. I don't mean a physical battle. It's a spiritual one. Look at verse 12. Paul says this. Our struggle ain't against what? Flesh and blood. See that word struggle? The Greek translation behind that word struggle is a Greek word. It's called um, pele, and it means to, to wrestle. And Paul's here is picturing like a, a fight between two enemies, sworn enemies, and they're waged in like hand-to-hand -hand combat, sort of wrestling each other. And the goal was that you get over your opponent and kind of bring them down to the ground and get them to submit. 
How many of you had an older brother and you had to wrestle, you know, and it's like, say uncle, and then he gave you noogies like that, you know? That, that's what he's picturing. And my guess is we got a room full of wrestlers here today. This fall, some of you are wrestling with situations right now in your life. I want you to think about your life and the most difficult person you're wrestling with, maybe at work or in your household. Think about the most pressing problem you're wrestling with or an overwhelming circumstance. Maybe, maybe it's a conflict at work or in your family or it's a, a health battle you're wrestling with or you're wrestling with debt so deep that you think you'll never dig out. What are you wrestling with? Got that in your mind? You got it? Okay. Here's the truth. Whoever it is and whatever it is ain't the real enemy. Let me say that again. The most difficult person in your life the most pressing problem, the most overwhelming circumstance, ain't your real enemy. Tell your neighbor, that ain't your real enemy. That ain't your real enemy. The people and problems that you see with, watch, your five senses, smell, taste, touch, see, that's not the real issue. What does Paul say? He says, our struggles, Christians, ain't against what? Flesh and blood. You may think they are. He tricks you into attacking flesh and blood. Oh, it's my husband. God could just change him. <laughs> oh, it's my wife. She could stop pointing and, you know, nagging me. It's my kids. That's, you know, I tell you, there's just a corrupt influence. They're friends. It's my coworker. He, he's, he's just toxic. She just, it's my boss. He's like Michael Scott in the office. He's the problem. He's the enemy. The reality, Paul says, is your struggle ain't against flesh and blood. It's the rulers, authorities, powers of this dark world and the spiritual force of evil where? In the heavenly realms. See, the deepest truth is that everything that happens in the visible physical world has a source in a deeper wrestling match being waged in the unseen spiritual realm. There's a Bible teacher I love. Her name's Priscilla Shire. And uh, she tells the story of taking her kids to like a harvest festival. You guys have that? Like our town has a little something yesterday. And, uh, you know, like games and, you know, pumpkin spice and all that kind of fun stuff. And she said, um, she remembers taking her little kids and some, uh, it was like homemade games and somebody had a homemade whack-a-mole. You guys know what whack-a-mole is, right? So like this guy like created this like wooden tabletop. He, he punched holes in the top and then put a skirt, a curtain around the table. And so she says, when I took my little boy, who's four years old, and uh, they gave him that little padded hammer and like, pop, up came a mole. And he's like, whack, goes down. He's like, ah, and then pop, comes up, whack, you know, pop, whack. He keeps hitting all these and the little boy's like four years old. He's never played before. And he's like, he's like, you know, what is this demonic thing, you know? And he finally, he was so frustrated, she said, he threw down the hammer and ripped the curtain off of the table. And there were three wide-eyed adults with socks on their hands, you know, just like looking like exposed, right? Everyone laughed at what this little boy revealed, that the puppets were not the problem. In other words, underneath the surface, there was another culprit causing all these things to pop up on the surface. Let me tell you something. If you spend all your time just whacking at the symptoms popping up in your life, popping up in your marriage, popping up on your career, popping up in your finances, if Christians just play whack-a-mole, where we keep punching down the puppets, but never real deal with who is behind the curtain causing the chaos, you will never get to the root of the issue in your life. And you will never taste victory in Christ. You won't do it. Guys, this series is about taking a step back 
and really drilling down and understanding who is behind that curtain. So many people I talk to feel pinned down by anger or, or insecurity or fear, anxiety. The list goes on and on. Those are surface symptoms. The primary source of that spiritual oppression is the devil himself. Now, I don't know if that freaks you out when I talk about the devil, but what I've found is when it comes to Satan and the devil or what we call the enemy, most Christians make one of two mistakes. That is, we either overestimate his impact or underestimate it. There are Christians I've met who, like, see a devil under every rock, you know. Oh, I'm late for school again. Oh, curse you, devil, you know. No, you just stayed up till 1 a.m. on Instagram, bro. That's on you. Don't, don't blame the devil on that. I'm going to bed late. Don't overestimate his impact, okay? Every sneeze and sniffle is not a satanic attack. There, there, there's not a devil under every rock. But he is under some. That's the second extreme some Christians go to. They underestimate his impact on our lives. Last spring, my wife Colleen, one day out of nowhere, she said, Tim, I've just been bombarded with these, these negative thoughts. And she's, not, she's a high-capacity person, very unusual for her. She said, I just feel like filled with like anxiety and like despair and thinking about you know, things that might happen. Not normal for her, not normally overwhelmed. And I thought, well, maybe you need to get some sleep. It didn't go away. It didn't lift. And so we suspected maybe there's something deeper at work. Remember, the enemy comes through invitation. We open our lives and give him a foothold or invasion. Sometimes he just attacks without permission. And so we prayed a warfare prayer, rebuking the devil with the blood of Jesus Christ. We said, this ain't natural. This is satanic. And we wielded the supernatural weapon of prayer. And guess what? It lifted. See, Satan's specialty is to harass intimidate or bully believers at vulnerable moments in your life. And so we're going to teach you guys in this series how to rebuke him, how to actually pray with authority and come against him in the name of Jesus. Step off, devil, you on holy ground. I'm a temple filled with the spirit of the living God, and he who is in me is greater than he who's in the world, so get the hell out. We're going to teach you how to pray with authority. Oh, I'm going to bring some heat. This series is about pulling back that curtain and telling the enemy, I got my eyes on you, I see it. And I am tired of you messing with my stuff. I'm aware of your schemes and your tactics, and we're coming against you in the power of the name of the living God. See, Paul says, don't be afraid, be on guard. Don't underestimate, don't overestimate the enemy's influence in your life, and don't despair. Because while the enemy is deadly, he is no match for the resurrection power of your Savior. Amen? This is very important to say at the outset. Satan is not God's enemy, or is God's enemy, not his equal. That's a very important distinction. He's God's enemy, but not his equal. Don't give the devil too much credit. The, the devil is actually a finite being with limitations. So understand this. Satan is not God's peer or like, oh, I get it, the counterpart of Jesus. You know, that's like Eastern religion, the yin to the yang. According to the word of God, only Jesus Christ is omnipresent. He's everywhere at all times, not the devil. He's a limited being. Only Jesus Christ is omniscient. He knows the, all of our thoughts beginning to end. You know the devil can't read your mind? You know that? Only Jesus Christ is omnipotent. Only he has the capacity to work authentic miracles. And as Christians redeemed by the blood of Jesus, you have full access to the riches, blessings, and armory of heaven. See, this series is about exposing the enemy and declaring victory in Christ. 
We gather as Christians, and what that means is here's what we believe. This battle is over your heart, and out of his great love and mercy, God the Father sends his Son, and Jesus Christ went into battle for you. He says, I'm going to give my life to save yours. And through his sacrifice and death on the cross, his resurrection to eternal life, the Bible says Jesus Christ defeated Satan, sin, death, once and for all, sealing victory for believers for all time. Give God a praise if you believe that. So, so understand. Understand, man, yeah. Satan is persistent, but he's a punk. And you have power over him. God does not leave you defenseless in your fight. In fact, this is the last point. God gives you his very own weapons. Uh, some of you, I get it. Some of you are from Jersey, and you're like, I'm ready for a fight, man. <laughs> I just, you know, you, you got, you got, I got some hustle and flow. I'm ready for this. <laughs> Listen to me. Don't, don't fight with the wrong weapons. I'm just telling you, some of you have spent your life fighting with your words. And you know what? You fight with your words, and it may pop down a puppet here or there. You may throw some money at the problem, and you know what? You'll pop down a puppet. You'll get some temporary relief. But if you want to win the war for good, you need the weapons of heaven. Verse 13 says, therefore, put on the full armor of God. So when the day of evil comes, you're going to be able to, to stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand, Paul is envisioning like an, it's like in Braveheart, an army of warriors standing their ground. They're like bracing for impact. There's a herd of horses rushing toward them. It's like, hold, hold, attack. But it's different in the spiritual realm. In 2 Corinthians 10, Paul says, we don't wage war like the rest of the world does. He says, the weapons we fight with ain't the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have what? Divine power to demolish strongholds. You know what a stronghold is? Modern terminology would be an addiction. <laughs> Something you can't break free out of. Where there's deep-rooted systemic patterns that undermine your family, your faith, and your future. Some of you are here today and you have generational strongholds like alcoholism or, or abuse in your past. But if you want change, I mean true change from the inside out, not just Band-Aid solutions that mask the symptoms. You gotta put on God's full armor because only Jesus Christ has divine power to demolish strongholds, amen? So we're going to war, church. This means war, but we're going together. In our small group, side by side, week by week, we're gonna put on the full armor of God. We're going to open his word, and we're going to pray our way to victory. Last point, and I'm, I'm going to send you out to sign up for a small group. After listing all six pieces of armor, Paul gives this final command in Ephesians 5.18. He says, and what? Pray. Pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of what? Prayers and requests. And with this in mind, you be alert. And you always keep on what? praying for who? All the Lord's people. In other words, Paul says, let me sum this whole thing up three times so you don't miss it. This is not an individual private command to individual Christians. Paul commanded publicly the rally, the entire church. He said, all the Lord's people, I want you to pray together because prayer activates the armor. Without prayer, guys, none of this stuff works. Prayer is the seventh weapon that activates all the other six pieces. And let me tell you something, prayer is where the power is. Because prayer is how you invite the influence of heaven into the affairs on earth. 
Prayer is where we invite our daddy God to actually come and fight for us. And the early church did that just naturally as a unit. They went to battle into prayer together. That's why Paul says, be alert, always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. See, for the early Christians, like it was unthinkable to go out alone. (laughs) It was unthinkable to go out without unarmed, without your brothers and sisters in Christ because it was a hostile culture and you'd be eaten alive. Guess what? We're starting to look like the first century. That's why we do small groups. It's to make this big church, an entire army, feel small. You need a platoon of fellow warriors to pray with and go into battle together for the next six weeks. So understand this is not like a simple like sermon series for you to enjoy as a solo individual. I mean, guys, listen, look, you can come on Sundays all by yourself, leave all alone. You'll get some benefit, no doubt. But God's word will remain a concept up here until you put it into practice with others. And that's what a small group is for. If you're new, you may be like, what, what is a small group? Or as we call them at Liquid, just simply groups. They're a small group of 10 to 12 people who meet during the week. Typically in someone's home for three purposes. We apply the Bible, we open it, we apply it to our life. What's God saying to me? We be, we bear burdens. In other words, we pray, we care for each other. How do I get cared for in big church? In a small group. And see, there's a chance to serve. There's this outward focus on attacking our community with, watch, love of Christ, not judgment. (laughs) But this is where care and community happens in this church. So if you're sick, it's your small group who will bring over a meal. If you're moving, it's your small group that helps you pack. Groups go out to dinner. They do social stuff. And you're coming at exciting time, exciting news. We have over 200 small groups all over the state this October. That's incredible. So if you're not currently in a group, today is your day. You get to join the army. And I want to right now make this live at all our campuses. I want to call forward all of the small group leaders. Come forward, guys. Just step out of your seats. Come to the front of the stage. Give them a hand. Come on down, guys. These are your warrior women. These are your muscle men who are leading us into battle this fall, okay? Now, you'll notice some of them are holding up signs and stuff, okay? We have small groups for every age and stage of life, okay? Some meet on uh, weeknights, some meet early in the morning, different areas of town. We've got groups for singles, marrieds, groups for men, for moms. So, so this, this series, this sermon, I'm about to end the sermon, but I wanted you to see your group leaders. These are the guys, the men and women who are on the front lines of battle this fall. And today's the perfect time to join a group if you've never been in one before, okay? So group leaders, we want to thank you for your leadership, and I'm going to send you out right now at our campus, all campuses. Go ahead, send them on out to lobby. Give them a hand one more time. Get ready, guys, to meet our people. And when we send you out, get to know them. Take a look at them. We want you to, I want to bring them up there so you can eyeball them and see like, oh, they don't look too much like a psychopath. These are just normal people, okay? But go out there, and if you're not in a group, get in one. Find a day or time that works for you, a location, maybe it's close to where you live or you work. Guys, remember, Christianity's not a playground. It's a battleground. And even Jesus himself had a small platoon of 12 brothers that he went into battle with because that's where the breakthrough happens. That's where the victory comes. Just ask this mom um, from February who joined a small group for our FAST series, the last time we did a small groups campaign. She emailed me about her son with special needs. He has autism and apraxia, verbal apraxia. It means he has difficulty uh, speaking. And she and her husband wanted to send him to a special school this fall. And so last spring, she said, uh, Tim, we got in a battle with our school board. The attorney bills were piling up. 
And so I told my small group, I was so tired with this battle, really fighting for my son, and we needed an act of God. Well, our small group prayed passionately for God to break through. Two weeks later, I got notification that the superintendent opposing us was retiring. And it turns out the acting superintendent who stepped in was my son's first principal who helped with his original diagnosis and loves our family. And she personally went to bat for us, convincing the board to move my son to his special school, and they paid for the whole thing. My son is now thriving, praise God. Guys, that's the power of prayer. When God goes into battle before you, prayer activates the armor, guys, and I hope you will join our journey this fall. Let's pray together and commit these next six weeks to the Lord. Father God, we thank you, Father, for enlisting us. You went first. You shed your blood, Father God, so that we could be forgiven our sins, filled with the Holy Spirit, and walk in victory. So God, I pray right now. There's lots of battles in this room at all of our campuses, Father God. Would you come down among your people now? And Father, as we organize and as we wage war together this fall, I ask for breakthrough. I ask for victories in things that seem too big. I ask for mountains to move in the name of Jesus. That there would be strongholds broken, Lord, over the next six weeks. And when that happens, we're going to say it ain't us. All the glory goes to Jesus Christ, our Savior. We ask this in his name, your blood and your power and your protection. And the whole church said together, amen, amen.